Hi, I'm Mike Lintel, and welcome to Cheers PA Beer Talk. As part of the Cheers PA umbrella, the Beer Trail program debuted on our social channels today. And in the premiere episode, our host and brewer at Zero Day, Hannah Eisen, goes to Carlisle, Pennsylvania and visits with Molly Pitcher. What we're doing here with this platform is part catching up with friends, part talking shop, but just a way for us to use a platform to reconnect with some of our uh, brewing friends throughout the state and share some ideas, just have some laughs. We don't get enough of those these days. So today on the program, we're uh, going to be joined by Chuck Golder, who is the Director of Operations for La Cabra Brewing in Berwyn, PA. Chuck, welcome to the program. So Good to see you all. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. It's great to see you. You know, the first time that I got to meet Chuck was uh, doing deliveries for Big Hill, and I didn't get much direction other than Go to Berwyn. Don't miss the flag because there's a flag. That <laughs> don't turn at the flag. You are in one-way street jail, and it's very difficult to find your way back around, especially as a newbie to the main streets of Berwyn. So I was also told that I would like the place and make sure you save some time to eat because the tacos were exceptional. Is that ringing a bell for you, Chuck? That sounds about right. Yeah, definitely don't go down the one way. We've seen that a handful of times with delivery drivers. It never goes well. No. And uh, yeah, we're always glad to have you for a chat and a taco anytime. Absolutely. What was really eye-catching from the beginning was how engaged you and the team were in what we were doing at Big Hill and that we were growing the fruit and we were pressing, we were doing everything ourselves. And you said that that came through in the product and that's what made you want to bring it in. And from that point, the relationship grew from there. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in nearly everything we do, you know, part of our primary focus is top quality product and, you know, bringing the best of everything to our consumer and our customer. So when we learned about Big Hill, you know, there's obviously a lot of ciders on the market. There's a lot of very good ciders on the market, but learning about the background of Big Hill specifically, you know, growing, fermenting, you know, packaging all the way through, you know, that's a cool story. But in the end, the, the product is is what the consumer cares about. And as a result, the product was superior. And that's why we wound up keeping Big Hill on two taps for nearly two years straight. And uh, we still pour standard to this day and uh, have expanded into the bottle selections as well. So one thing I want to do on this show is ask the same first question to everyone, because I think that we'll get a lot of different answers, but also it's going to be a very familiar tale. And you'll be the first to uh, answer for us, Chuck. What is the beer that brought you into the fold at Craft Brewing? What made you want to know more, to be more into this? Mm, pressure's on. Well, truth be told, my first legal beer at a bar was Victory Hop Devil. And to say that that was a bit of an aha moment, even at a very young age, 21, of course, that was something that I'd never tasted before. Big, bold hop flavor. You know, I maybe had had other beers before I was 21 that <laughs> lacked the flavor. But, you know, I did eventually grow a bit of a relationship with Victory as well, having formerly worked for them. But Prima is still one of my go-tos, but Hop Devil as that okay. kind of first like moment was really something that I had just never experienced and really like gave me one of those whoa moments. And uh, yeah, super tasty. It's still a great beer today and, you know, stands up to the test of time. It's a classic. Definitely one that would get you in the door. I could see that sure. without a <laughs> doubt. Drinks, piney, nice resin, you know, the way that we used to make beers before things got all cloudy in the air. 
Yes, a little bit of traditional influence goes a long way these days. And, uh, you know, being from, I grew up in this area. So uh, Downingtown as a, as a natural landing spot for my kind of go-to uh, introduction and craft was, uh, you know, not a stretch by any means. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that you just said that really resonated was how the influence of traditional, but still embracing the new, and that's been very standard at La Cabra in terms of the way that you balance a tap list that was robust, wide breadth of styles, all done very well, but something for everyone. And it was really nice to kind of be a part of that melange because it wasn't just 15 taps where 19 of them are IPAs. There's the math works out some way like that. So yeah. Yeah, it's always uh, one way or the other, a lot of IPAs. But for you guys, yeah. you balanced it. There were box, there were porters, ESBs. You did it all and you did them well. So thank you. Was that a conscious decision from the beginning to not follow too hard into trends, but still to be part of them? Early on, there was a lot of question. What are you what are you going to brew? What is going to be your flagship? What is your, you know, go to? And ultimately, the same answer always came up. It was whatever you guys drink, you tell me what our flagship should be. It's not up to me what you know, I choose for you to drink. So ultimately, we our goal always is that everyone who walks through our door feels equally welcome, first of all, but also equally satisfied after they have left. Part of that comes through in our beer portfolio. Part of it comes through in our, our execution of service. And of course, part of it comes through in, in the food offerings. So a comprehensive experience for all walks of life. You know, I kind of make this joke when people ask this, you know, my mom really loves Blue Moon and thinks it's like, you know, the best beer ever. And then there's also friends of mine that are Lambic drinkers. And, and we really want to cast a wide net and make sure that everyone from my mom to the Lambic crazy sour person and find something that they like at any given time. And and it's really, you know, if we wanted to brew only what we wanted to brew, we would just stay home brewer. It's really, you know, you can uh, project yeah. your your opinion onto others, but there's room for everything. And that's the beauty of beer. It's competitive advantage is that there is literally something for everyone. So that said, if you're not into beer, we still offer cider and wine and non-alcoholic. And, you know, we've recently branched out into spirits as well. So non-pretense, just come as you are, enjoy what you like. All are welcome. And it's always been our stance. And part of that, I think, is why uh, we've been able to just keep a wide range of customer base. And generally, people feel very welcome and happy after they've had an experience at La Cabra. Yeah, I would agree with that. The wide audience, I think really, in my opinion, came from the success you had with Philly Loves Beer. Shout out Philly Loves Beer. Great Instagram follow if you get a chance. Anyways, <laughs> they took a notice of you kind of right around the time that you won the coveted Craig LeBon Award in the Philly Inquirer for Peter, a Flemish red ale, to beat out all the others in a blind taste test by some of the most discerning palates in Philly. That definitely raised your profile. And from there, you were all of a sudden not just a little goat operation in the burbs, but someone worth the trip to you know leave the city. And you, you were the first to really get... Philly loves beer to branch out and even acknowledge the burbs as part of, you know, the collective. It was always about come to the city to be a part of Philly loves beer. But your draw at the brew pub was so strong that it pulled. It's amazing. Right? I mean, tell me what that was like when you were going through it. Yeah, sure. That was a real eye opener for us. We, you know, we had always taken the sour program and the barrel aging uh, component of the of the portfolio pretty seriously. It's part of, you know, what the brand was originally built on. 
And, you know, being a part of it alone was, was awesome. Um, being in front of food critics and, and you know, uh, beer scientists and all that stuff, just, just having feedback alone is always kind of something that's exciting. Frankly, we didn't think much of submitting. We, you know, we said, hey, why not? And, uh, and we started to hear rumblings and people were like, uh, you might want to like keep an eye out on social media soon, like blah, blah, blah. We're like, what is going on here? And then all of a sudden it popped up that, you know, it had been selected as best new beer, which was, you know, the, in that lineup was a lot of heavy hitters. And yeah, to say that, you know, we were humbled to be among some of the, just to be among the other, you know, participants in that particular, you know, contest or however you want to describe it was a really awesome thing. And then to have taken home the winning trophy, the crystal mug uh, was, was really something, was something special. And Peter, you know, we knew it was a special beer. It is still a special beer. We really enjoy it. And I think interestingly enough, there was another beer named Peter that also won something else. It's just a weird serendipitous thing. But yeah, I mean, Philly Loves Beer does great stuff. And like, you know, Craig LeBon has been a, a big fan uh, from, from the get-go. And so some, some of that kind of recognition really does go a long way for a small, you know, startup where we know, we know we're doing good things. We're proud of what we do and we stand behind our product. And just that little spark uh, can be all it takes to kind of help spread the word and, and, you know, meet an entirely new audience that, you know, maybe wouldn't have found us uh, initially. So, yeah, it was really a fun, <laughs> fun experience doing doing the event uh, that went along with it was cool. We got to be in front of a lot of people and taste them on on Peter and, and sours are always kind of an interesting thing. It's a very polarizing style just in general. Some people just can't drink sour or, or claim that they don't like them. And uh, that's not always often the case. Sometimes there's, you know, there's styles of the sour description that are a little more palatable for people who aren't used to it. And we found that to be a lot, you know, fairly true with, with Peter specifically. Uh, they did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know if it's something to do with the malt complexity of having those darker malts in a Flemish red versus some of the lighter grains where the acidity just doesn't stand up. There's more body for it to mellow out is that a fair assessment yeah i would say so it's it's uh it almost you know has as sweet of a component as it does sour so it, it yeah. kind of messes with it's a little umami ish it's uh you know you get the balsamic you get the malt body there's a little bit of that that sharpness to it but it's it's in no way bracingly sour so it is kind of an entry level i guess so to speak but it, um the complexity was there and it was fun i mean it was really fun to get to you know meet meet the people that we were you know uh, alongside at that particular event and then just interact with all the people who attended the event that was tied into the the award ceremony it's really a lot of fun for sure well i have to disagree with you on one point there's nothing entry level about that beer it is okay. it's fantastic it's complex it right is, on the way to balance it yeah i i don't know how you did your wizardry but well done you keep your secrets in the basement i'll keep drinking them cerise was another wonderful one but yeah sure. just keep doing it the tap list never disappoints the food never disappoints but one other thing I wanted to do, I promised you part pop quiz. Some of this, pretty straightforward, you know, tell me you know, what vegetable you'd be eating. Now, that's not going to be those types of interview questions. <laughs> okay. Mainly, like, what, in your opinion, was your most embarrassing moment at a, as a brewer? Like, have you ever taken the uh, the wart bath uh, and it's uh, in the wrong direction of a hop grenade? Hmm. Well, to be fair and transparent, I'm not actually the brewer. I oversee many things, but I don't actually pull a lot of the levers. And that's probably for very good reason. <laughs> so I did, though, recently, I did brew, uh, finally uh, got an opportunity to brew yeah. a beer that I designed on my own, which was kind of fun. I haven't uh, had my hands in the sausage, so to speak, in a long time. And to your point, yes, I took a yeast bath by accident. I was trying to pull a sample, just a quick uh, gravity check, and all of a sudden the yeast plug uh, shot out. And, and interestingly enough, I was working the floor that night, and I definitely did not have another pair of uh, trousers. So I had to walk around the uh, the restaurant yeah. with uh, yeast 
smattering on my on my pants. So I would go ahead and say the only time I ever brewed, I did in fact have an embarrassing moment. So probably leave it to the pros from here on out. Well, I would. Uh, I've heard that your lemongrass saison is delightful. The body and just the balance of flavors. So I'm really excited to get a chance to try it. But what has been some of the feedback you've gotten in this first, you know, this is your first brew baby out in the world. And the internet can be a harsh place, man. The comment section, I'm actually sure. uh, afraid to look at what some of these viewers are saying <laughs> right now. So I was just kind of yeah. paying attention to you and that beautiful beard, which I have not seen out of a mask since a year ago. Uh, so it is, uh, it's nice to see <laughs> the face fro in, in full Thanks. regalia. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, to the original, I mean, to the question, Balm, <laughs> Balm was a, I, when I was a homebrew, I brewed a lot of Saison, mostly because I didn't have fermentation control and it was something that I could do very easily in my house. So I, I always had an affinity for that style particularly. And I think that there's a vacuum for great Saison uh, in craft right now. Everyone wants the Haze Boys. So it's okay to have a delicate, beautiful, soft, you know, beer every once in a while. So uh, that idea was just born out of a random thing that my mom said one day about balm for the soul. And I was like, I feel like everyone could use a little of that right now. So I just said, all right, I'm going to brew something finally, get out of the office for a minute. And uh, long and short, people have been receiving it well. Interestingly enough, we packaged it and a lot of people, a lot of people at uh, distribution where we've been selling off site actually were requesting cases of it, which we definitely did not expect. So that was a surprise to me to see uh, the haze cans are going like crazy always. But to see distribution looking for uh, more delicate beers in can was actually really encouraging. So all in all, I don't think anyone has trolled me too hard on Untapped or otherwise, but I'm sure someone will come out of the woodwork at some point and let me have it. So they always do. Well, Team Saison is out there, man. We're, we're strong <laughs> on the internet, led by our general brewer bump. But other than that, we, uh, we don't see much Saison, let alone yeah. the other styles that you do. But Distro... It's a strange game. I mean, we're always getting questions. What's new? What's new? And we have apples. Yeah. Uh, the apples are the same every year. It's, <laughs> yep. We're kind of trapped in that. So our limits to creativity in that regard, what they are. But for you, it's got to be rewarding to put something like that in a can and just have distributors know that that's a La Cabra beer and it's going to move because they make quality beer. You're moving yeah. saisons, man. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, credit to the brew, the brew staff for really keeping the quality of all of our styles way high. As far as I'm concerned, we have had great, you know, response from the consumer and, and from the wholesalers as a result. But um, yeah, it's not it's not my show. You know, I did one thing out of probably 500 brews this year. Oh. But uh, all in all, you know, keeping keeping the brand recognition in a very positive light and uh, standing behind quality. And if we make a mistake or if something's not right, you know, it goes away or we pull it off the shelf. You know, that that does happen. Anyone who claims that doesn't, you know, is probably lying to you. So uh, we, we we take it very seriously and, you know, attention to the product and attention to the consumer. You know, like I said, yeah, Saison, there's a lot of, there are good people doing Saison. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. of course, into some amazing things, Tired Hand does some great stuff. Like there's a lot of really good producers making Saison right now. But, you know, having people want that, you know, from us, even though they're seeing a lot of hipster catnip and other, you know, copy stuff floating around is an encouraging thing. And we just had a meeting, uh, Chris Young and myself about, hey, it's time for Triple again. It's time for Russian Imperial Stout. It, you know, it's time for you know, a dark lager. It's time for these styles that you just aren't seeing so much in package. And uh, I believe the consumer really is ready to start branching out again and, and get back to some of the roots. Um, and a lot of people got into beer for those styles. And I think we'll likely come back to them given the option. Well, that is very exciting. All of it, all of those words, when you hear triple and Russian imperials, it's just strung together. It's just a delight for the senses. So 
keep <laughs> up the great work there and you know revive the styles that got us interested in brewing in the first place. Uh, for me, it's most kind with you guys. I mean, that beer every time yeah, yeah. it's just that's the beer that i like to make if i'm making a beer uh, at home on the side you know i want an amber ale that's very hoppy but drinkable and just a nice balance to it there's a lot of room to play in such a sweet structure and it's just it always hits home for me there so right on yeah i mean we there's there's still room for pale ale there's still room for kolsch and there's still always room for a nice crisp clean pilsner so we will not yield when it comes to those things and they're usually our draft options, but we, uh, given the circumstances, cans are the way, you know, of the future at this point. So we are working diligently to get labels created and get more of what we offer in-house out and available to the world, wherever you may be. Well, yeah, I noticed uh, you're starting to edge further west, uh, you know, making your way closer and closer to uh, to my backyard. Yep. Is, uh, is, are we ever going to have a goat sighting in and around uh, Harrisburg or South Central PA? Yeah, I, my sales team would be kicking me right now for not having the direct uh, people who have been receiving uh, from us out your way. I, I hope I could, I wish I could pull some out of the top of my head. But yes, the short answer is we are in a unique position where we, we previously, all of our volume went in the tap room. We, we needed the volume on hand to serve the people that were coming to see us, obviously with restrictions and, and so on. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a shift that we've, you know, been blessed and very, you know, fortunate to be able to make the, the pivot. And as a result, we've been able to expand our, our hula hoop uh, around the brew house and uh, really get beer into, you know, some accounts that we generally just wouldn't be able to do in the past. So we're really happy to have awesome partners out there that are, uh, you know, some people are calling us and taking 15, 20 cases blind, you know, not having had, I mean, I'm sure they've had it somewhere, but we've not, you know, worked with them in the past and they're reaching out saying, hey, can we get this? And that's, that's really encouraging. And, you know, it's a, it's a lifeline for the brew house right now to be able to move volume in uh, little aluminum cylinders. So uh, yeah, the stretch is, is growing and probably will continue to do so as long as the as long as the little engine that could can keep putting out the liquid, we will continue to, to bring it far and wide. And uh, ultimately, hopefully when we reopen, we'll have a new cast of characters that have learned about us via distribution and found us on the shelf. And then, you know, when we're able to post again, people will come back and see us here in Berwyn and in Bryn Mawr as well. Yeah. So the little engine that could, that sticks with me because absolutely Chris Young, just that, that I means never give up, chugga, chugga. Yeah. And then you got Justin as the caboose that just is there to like, yeah, I'm the boost. And they just, are the dynamic duo. And then yeah, and Mark, so we have a Mark, Mark's on the team as well. And, you know, it, it takes a, it takes a village, you know, they, mm-hmm. they're, they're cranking it out and, you know, we have other people doing yeast and other people like everyone. We're a small business, so we all wear many hats and it's a definite team effort to get all these things uh, taken care of. JC is our delivery driver. So if you're out there receiving uh, wholesale orders, you're likely dealing with uh, our yeast lab manager, our delivery driver and our event coordinator uh, and sales you know, director. So everyone really pulls their weight. And uh, especially now it's uh, all hands on deck to, you know, to bring the product to the people. So. That's uh yeah, we're really proud of it. We're really, really proud of our of our personnel, front of the house. The kitchen does a kick-ass job. Um, I really couldn't ask for a better team. Uh, and everyone's stuck it out and been tough. It's been adjustments, you know, like crazy. We don't need to get into the COVID thing, but it's not you can't be ignored. It's just a big, you know, it's a big hurdle, a lot of challenges on a daily basis. And I'm uh, very, very gracious for the for the team that stood by, you know, stood by the brand and stuck with it. So Kudos to everyone at, on the squad. So I have a couple questions here. Um, the first one is, what's one ingredient you've added to a beer 
that sounds odd, but turned out great. And maybe you didn't add it, but something that maybe you saw in a beer without naming any names that you're like, I don't know how that's going to work. But you're like, actually, that's pretty spot on. Yeah, we did a pawpaw saison mm-hmm. a while back. That was pretty cool, mostly because a lot of people just generally have little to no exposure with pawpaw, which is a Pennsylvania uh, only fruit, I think. I might be wrong. Someone will fact check me on that. But um, uh, I think uh, Appalachia for sure. Okay. Small, small. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, we would we'd, when I was in Chicago, we'd find it coming from like Indiana. But I think, okay. yeah, that was about as a regional, I, a regional yeah. best thing. Uh, yeah. And it's real subtle flavor. It's like a weird, weird texture. And uh, the brew house can attest to how much of a pain in the ass it is to harvest pawpaw. It is not fun. Uh, it took several days to uh, peel the skins and get all the meat out of it and everything. And uh, it just doesn't seem like something that would lend itself well, but it's a really delicate kind of interesting flavor. And, uh, you know, the trick there was to make the base beer gentle and and, and kind of low key to allow it to uh, come through at all. So an obscure an obscure thing that, that turned out, you know, working well. Also, lavender. If anyone's homebrewing or wants to try something wacky, Lavender does a really good job in beer, um, you know, credit where it's due, you know, Dan Pobernak, who's responsible for most of our nearly everything that we started with, um, had a, uh, a lavender beer. And um, it's what makes a lot of things taste like cola. So Coca-Cola might not want me to say that, but um, try it. If you're <laughs> if you're a creative home brewer, you give it a shot and see what see what pops out. And then the other question we got is from Scott Clay. How can we find uh, what you have on tap at La Cabra? Sure. Must be a fan of yours. Yeah, I've heard of this character. Uh, so we, there's a lot of resources online uh, for for La Cabra um, all over. Uh, you can find us on, obviously, Untapped. Untapped is uh, uh, live, up to date. So um, anytime you're there checking in a beer, you can see what's on draft at, at uh, our locations. But additionally, on the website, lacabrabrewing.com, there's an up-to-date draft list. There's up-to-date four-pack availability, bottle availability, and plug the social he would want you to plug the social socials yeah well there's beer where we have a beer beer mail program as well that we recently unveiled where you can have uh beer shipped directly within the state of pennsylvania we're looking into other states as well but for now we wanted to start in a manageable flip so that's been going fairly well and uh ups is our partner on that and they're quick to deliver one to two days in most zones in pennsylvania so that's pretty exciting and yeah i mean our, our social media, um, you know, program is something that we really put a lot of time and energy into. It's our best way to stay in touch and show everyone what we're doing on a daily basis uh, between the food and the beer and then projects that we have going on. Um, you know, it's really a strong focus. So um, all of our social media platforms, Lacabra Brewing, at Lacabra Brewing, sorry, um, and then at Bodega by Lacabra, which is our Bryn Mawr location as well. Easy to check out. Google us. You'll find us. I always just say Google it. It typically gets you where you need to it's, go. It'll get you where you need to get. Yeah, exactly. I cannot believe we're going to get out of here without once talking about seltzer. I was going to have a whole discussion <laughs> with you and frame it around seltzer. Change my mind. Are we out of time? It seems like we're getting pretty close to the end here. Um, That's fine. Mean, we make seltzer, so you can try The fact that you like. made not only a seltzer, but it tastes like, I, I don't want to, it's, it rhymes with light that may be owned by Oka-Ola. I don't know what like where I'm going to get in trouble with like sponsorships or anything here. So we'll just okay. keep vague and sure. But man, it's just it's delicious, and I don't yeah. really get down on Team Seltzer. So you got. I'm me. not personally. I don't normally lean toward them, but it's when you know, like I said, uh, it's not up to us. It's what it's what mm-hmm. the consumer wants, and there's a market shift going on, and people are into 
alternative beverages and to ignore it or to or to be too proud to do it or to you know dig in is not it's not smart so if you're capable of making a high end you know a high end example of a of a product do it if you can't do it right maybe you should skip it but you know our, our team is really talented and uh Chris took a long time researching and making sure that when we did it the first time we did it right and he nailed it and the first batch that we ever did was in my humble opinion, he did a really good job. It was outstanding. So um, also quick tip, those seltzers work really well as mixers. So even if you're not into seltzer as a mm. singular item, if you throw a little tequila in or a little vodka here and there, you can make a really cool uh, amped up cocktail. So just be careful. Drink responsibly, of course. Yes. Thank you, Chuck, for covering all the the rules and regulations. The we, more uh, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the, uh, the and the fact that you were on this years ago, you know, talking to lawyers and trying to figure out like, how can we actually do this? Like, this is a thing. Like, it wasn't something that one day your brew house decided, hey, we should do this. Like, you knew yeah. as a trend, like, it's not going anywhere. We should really figure out how we can do it legally and do it well. It wasn't just sure. about let's slam some corn sugar and water in a tank and carve it. You yep. wanted to make one that was, as you put it, a a high end version uh, in that marketplace, and you nailed it. Yeah, it's super competitive. If you don't do it well and you don't stand out, then just it's seriously just not worth it. Uh, there's so many seltzers in the world that it's really a difficult decision to try and enter that you know that sea. But um, yeah, you know, down to a molecular level, where we're talking, you know, water chemistry, you know, all the everything that goes into the base is really what makes it because there's nothing to hide behind. It's uh. There's no malt, there's no nothing. So you better do it right or people are going to taste the difference. So yeah, we're really pleased with how that worked out. Well, that's awesome, man. This is really great getting to catch up with you. I have to, uh, unless you want to stick around, I'm uh, reviewing someone down your way as the uh, beer of the month. Uh, Cheers PA is partnering with Wise Markets on a beer of the month. Yeah. There's literally no promotion or benefit to you as a consumer other than we're going to talk about some really excellent beers that are made in PA that you can find on the shelves at your local Wise Markets. And Right this on. month's is uh, Neshaminy Creeks, the hops of shape to come. And you know what? I did that backwards. That's good stuff. This is shape live. Of hops yeah. To come. yeah, there it was. <laughs> Just making sure you strike that, reverse it. Scratch out, reverse it. Yes, very yeah. good. I said yeah. good day. <laughs> oh, Willie, I miss you. Yeah, sad times. But yeah, they they do great work, man. I'd love to watch if I'm if I'm able to just to jump on the link. I'll hang out and scope it out for sure. That sounds good, man. Thanks for hanging out. Good catching up. My pleasure. Thanks for having us, and uh, good luck with the rest of the series. I can't wait to hear what other people answer as the first question. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, we've now started our proverbial six pack, and then we'll work up to a case. But the first beer in, right on victory. <laughs> there, there you have it, my man. All right, cheers. Till next time. Thank you Thanks, so much. Chad. Appreciate you, man. So Neshaminy right. uh, Creeks, the shape of hops to come in this imperial IPA, dank and piney, the way that beers used to be, you know, I'm an old man ranting at clouds these days when it comes to beer, but, you know, I, that's where I'm at. But this beer is just jam-packed with citra and all my favorite hops. Uh, really, really enjoyable. And if you can still find it, uh, it's limited release, I think, uh, in the area. But if you can still find it, it's one worth checking out if you like a big, multi backbone supported by hops double IPA. Uh, you can find those at Wise Markets anywhere in your area. So I want to thank Chuck Golder again from La Cabra Brewing. And if you get a chance, if you're ever on the main line, you should check out both their spots, Bodega by La Cabra and the La Cabra Brew Pub, the original. Great place to drink and eat, but really appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. And 
enjoy the rest of your day and cheers, PA.